It's Super Bowl time. Morgan Freeman drives Jessica Tandy around in a new take on the Dracula legend this week on 30 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine. Every week, taking you back 30, 20, and 10 years back into the past of movies, TV, music, video games, music, and more. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antisto. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman. How dare you eat my cinematographer? <laughs> it's me, Sarah. And we are here to talk about January 24th through the 30th, as uh, told by 1990, 2000, and 2010. Get those 80s out of here, people. Actually, I, there's a fuck. There's a true death of the 80s moment in this very episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't think it would occur right in 1990. Like, yeah. It's just, it's the, let's say the 1980s being tied to a tree and shot in this episode. An important <laughs> aspect of sure. it. I, I, it's the one thing I like went off the deep end looking into, and there was no reason for it. Uh, but th- this is a fascinating little show that we started about four years ago. We are supported at patreon.com slash laser time that supports the whole laser time network. And we're in our fifth year. And we're, we are talking about all 90s. It's, it's very strange. We always started with the 80s. And uh, I think Diana had said, due to delays, some of the 80s trickles into the 90s. So we'll have a little bit of residual 80s in here. And, but right now it's time to talk about 1990, January 24th through the 30th. And there is only one movie out this mm-hmm. week. And it is one that doesn't get brought up for any positive reasons nowadays. Nope. <laughs> Nope. Heard a lot about it last year at the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a good reason for that. Is it? <sighs> driving Miss Daisy is a safe, friendly, and reliable companion driving service. Where are we off to today? We form genuine friendships with our clients and help them to remain. <laughs> what? What? What is happening? <laughs> you can't do that, England. <laughs> That's New Zealand. That was uh, that. That was a thirty twenty ten Rickroll, everybody. Wow! Because wow. when you look up "Driving Miss Davy- Daisy" TV ad, uh, you get some actual commercials for the movie, and you get that lovely company from New Zealand. I feel bamboozled. So what? <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it for like Uber for ladies? That's what it made it look like. Yeah, it's basically Uber for old people. Okay. <laughs> Such Which a is, pleasant name. I would be using the shit out of that, by the way, <laughs> as yep. a less old person. Would you like to be escorted to your doctors with a foot bath? <laughs> yes. Called driving Miss Daisy. It sounds amazing. Very slow. <laughs> yes. Nice and slow. Only slow versions of the Charleston <laughs> in this car. It smells like do, ribbon Does candy. it come with sides? Can I do scenes from the movie while we're <laughs> uh, So driving Miss Daisy. I don't think it's fair to call it a terrible movie. It just looks a little strange now. It is not. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of ways to interpret it. Oh, yeah. Uh, The the next link is the actual trailer. (laughs) My mother's a little high strung. The fact is, you'd be working for me. She can say anything she likes, but she can't fire you. I wouldn't be in your shoes if the sweet Lord Jesus come down and asked me himself. I don't need you. I don't want you. And I don't like you saying I'm rich. What are you doing? I'm trying to drive you to the stove. Holy shit. 
That line was said all the time in elementary school. What? Where, like, really? if anybody had fucking smartphones, we'd all be fired from our jobs <laughs> doing Morgan Freeman impressions <laughs> via in living color mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Driving Miss Daisy. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to drive you to the stove. We said it uh-huh. all the time. You, you didn't say, might as well be walking? Might as well? I, no, no. That was the quote that we all remembered was the, might as well be walking. We drive it this slow. I think our age difference is showing, whereas you might have seen this movie <laughs> when it came out, and I definitely didn't, yeah, but I, I saw did. every parody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Living Color really loved to poke fun at this movie. Mm. And, Rightly so. And it's a, There's a lot there. Yeah. The story a of a, I, I, and I strangely, like, I love, there are like three movies, a triumvirate of Jessica Tandy movies where she's old that I just love. Hmm. Nobody's mm-hmm. full. Battery's not included. And this is, oh, yeah. there's a lot to love about Driving Miss Daisy. The story of an old woman kind of can't drive anymore. And yeah. after an accident, it has a full-time driver hired for her against her will. And they develop a friendship over the course of years. He becomes <laughs> her best friend. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And, and, and yes. I, but, I, yeah. but it's tough. Like, so I rewatched this and it's more subtle than I remember it, but you can also interpret it very surface level, which is mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman is sort of a, a a magical, genteel, nice kind of black person from back in the day when they knew their place and they mm-hmm. just wanted to help white people. Mm-hmm. And he can't even read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she helps him. Isn't it nice that we're uplifting these nice black people by letting them hang out with white people? Well, I, I, it never. I, I you was, can see it that way. I'm it, not saying it is. I did not see it that way until reading more about Green Book, mm-hmm. and we talked yeah. a little bit on the Oscar show last year. New Oscar show coming too fucking soon uh, <laughs> for Laser Time. But that, if you think of it as the gaze, this is only a movie for white people because mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman's character has no arc. He doesn't learn not to be racist because that wasn't his problem to begin with. And and same with Green Book. It's a story about a white guy coming to his senses. Mm -hmm. So this movie can kind of only innately appeal to white people and make most people of color kind of grimace at our our shitty past. So it's only meant for one kind of audience, and I think that's why we groan at it nowadays. It's hard to recommend to everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm. But it's just... A society coping with its racism is never going to be pretty, <laughs> and this is part of that. It just that's yeah. just how movies work. That's and, a good way to put it. Yeah. And yeah. So I, I don't. I wouldn't feel the need to teach this in a class, but if it's on cable, maybe check it out. I Unless think, you're a person of color, you'll hate it. I think they made a attempt to to make um, Miss Daisy and Dan Aykroyd's characters be Jewish mm-hmm. to kind mm-hmm. of give them a commonality. And there's a scene where her. Um, temple it gets mm-hmm. bombed mm-hmm. by racists yeah. and so i mean i do whatever think... reddit's equivalent was back in 1948 right, right. i imagine an old-timey newspaper yeah. that they just tack it's... up at the extra extra h hand out now hot off the presses <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they try to give it a little bit of depth with that and mm-hmm. a little yeah something yeah different. and that's it's a good moment where she's like well who would do such a thing and he's like you know exactly who would do such mm-hmm. a thing yep. like that's right you have a common enemy mm-hmm. yes Yes, I'd like to think we all do, and but I, I can't express it. I really like old Jessica Tandy. Mm-hmm. She's she plays yeah. the same person in almost all three of the movies I mentioned. But I really like this character, mm-hmm. uh, a kind of belligerent old lady. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah. And here, one thing I do like is that she's the kind of racist who doesn't think she's racist yes. because it's a patronizing racism. It's like the the second, you know, her her first instinct is he's going to steal from me, right? And then. You know, when she starts arguing about it, it becomes like, that's how they are. And 
they're like children. It's like having children in the house. It's it's a hugely patronizing Ooh. belief, mm-hmm. and doesn't realize no Morgan Freeman's just a good guy who's just trying to help, just mm-hmm. doing a job. Leave me alone. Yeah. And, and yes, a cute, unlikely friendship. And how long has Morgan Freeman been old? I swear, when we started the right? show, he was mm-hmm. kind of young. And, and his make, we had his debut movie mm-hmm. on 30 2010, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, we had Street Smart. Yeah, and I guess he's been acting see, since the 60s. Yeah, that's one thing I love about late 89. We have a bunch of movies where it's like, and here are your new movie stars. Mm. Where it's mm-hmm. like, this is 89 is a year, and Morgan Freeman is a star now. Okay. And we got a couple more coming. Right. I'm happy to talk about. We have another movie with Morgan Freeman that is like underlining. He is a star now because he is a great actor. Yeah. And as we talked about with uh, Weekend at Bernie's coming out after Batman, like you're out, Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> you don't get to be a movie star anymore. You have ra- wrap it up, man. And uh, that is that is it. That's the only movie released this yeah. week. I, I don't. It, it, they said it won a Pulitzer as a book or as a movie? It's a play. It's a play. It was a play. Yeah. So, yeah. Which Morgan Freeman was in. I guess. And then it came and became a movie, and uh, this sneaks in and wins Best Picture. It's the uh-huh. shortest Best Picture winner, I think, ever. Really? Uh, yeah, beating Born on the Fourth of July, which I think everyone thought was the the favorite. I don't know anymore. I find them both kind of insufferable. Because like it it's, it's very genteel. Nothing yes. big happens. And mm-hmm. It makes a bunch of money. Everyone goes to see it, and they're charmed by it because it is this unlikely friendship, and they're both you know really good and interesting characters. Dan Aykroyd pulls an Oof. Oscar nomination. That's wild. For, this, for a... A role that requires him to stand there and sigh. Yes. And say, Mama. I, I mama. guarantee you I could compile yeah, this mama. with clips of him from My Girl and you would not be able to tell the difference. Truly. Truly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just People standing around fell. eating the scenery. Eating the scenery. Oof. Yeah. Just fell in love with it. Uh, okay. Like I said, it's pleasant. It's genteel. Mm-hmm. You get to know these characters. But you can also you can read it in a very anti-racist way. You can read it in a super racist way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know how people read it at the time. I think mostly they read it as, and Jessica Tandy stops being a racist. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was it was positive, but there, it did bring up a lot of talk when Do the Right Thing wasn't nominated and Driving Miss Daisy yeah. was. We were having Fuck the same yeah. conversation we were having with Green Book, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that was like such an even amount of time in between that happening, where we we're talking mm-hmm. like about Black Klansmen should it be and Black Panther should it be up next to Green Book? Fucking Green Book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are like yeah. made in different times. And yet came yeah. out in the same year. Boo. Uh, but yeah. I, I think it, it's, it's and yet, still... And Green it's, Book is good. And it, it does bring up some race stuff that Driving Miss Daisy never bothers with. Yeah. But it also has even less nuance. So yeah, <laughs> it's weird to watch them together. I'll say that. Uh, it's probably still a... You could consider it a sweet film. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't... I can't hate on it that much. But I also can't recommend it. Yeah. yeah. It's Am I fine. crazy? No. no. No, you're not crazy. No. I mean, if you are doing some sort of project where you're trying to watch all the Oscar-nominated mm. and best Oscars, then this will be a nice respite from what is sometimes a parade of misery. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is just kind of eh, chill, calming, heartwarming. You might shed a couple mm-hmm. tears. I do enjoy as time goes on and Morgan Freeman gets older in the mm-hmm. movie, his glasses get thicker and thicker, and it is pretty <laughs> cute. At the end, he's got like huge Coke bottle glasses. Oh, what a nerd. Yeah. Um, it's adorable. Well, that was our main. Yeah, but it was a different era, um, as, emph- as we can emphasize with the TV segment. <laughs> 
Yes. Because I, I find this to be pretty crazy because Miami Vice says goodbye. And, oh. Yep. And it's, it's Miami Vice is a, is a fascinating product to me because mm-hmm. fuck the remake. It's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that Michael Mann made the remake, but got his start working the Miami Vice show too. So it was right. like a, yeah. right. a coming home thing. But that Miami Vice was like really this epitome of like 80s style and just a real big cultural phenomenon. But the thing about that stuff is they don't last very long. Mm-hmm. And they, I, you're reading about like what this is being canceled because it's up against like 21 Jump Street has started and mm-hmm. it makes Miami Vice look like your dad's show and it's only been on the air for five years. And it's so bizarre because I think when Miami Vice started and yeah. through most of the run, it was the coolest yeah, show it still is pretty cool. The coolest guys and the coolest outfits and the hottest babes. Yeah, it has yeah. a different attitude than most other cop shows. It's shot right. with a little more style. They drive around a fucking Ferrari and boats, and and <laughs> and they're this not only like pushed music because mm-hmm. it, it had like lo, like popular current music on the right. show. It pushed fashion, and I didn't mm-hmm. notice yeah. until. It pushed guns. It made, it turned certain guns <laughs> and holsters into fashion, oh, and uh, it, it oh popularized almost everything it touched. And it was so white hot, it burned out a little quickly. I think they said they put it up against Dallas, and mm. like it's which oh. is so old fashioned when you think about it. Yeah, but it, but it's it's kind of I don't know. Yeah, it is kind of old fashioned. But, uh, but like it's, it, I think they said it was when they it was. It was coupled with Knight Rider, mm. which here in nineteen nineties mm. feels like a fucking century ago. Mm-hmm. And Miami Vice is kind of like, and only five years looks like this fucking relic, mm-hmm. the story of Crockett and Tubbs, which it was, it still holds up as a pretty modern show, just almost exclusively not being shot in LA. Look at it, you CSI yeah. Miami. Yeah, <laughs> the Miami of it all, I think, really also was made it much more of a phenomenon because, well, I just saw Bad Boys for Life this weekend, which is also <laughs> set in Miami, and it really does give a different vibe to your usual cop story mm. because. Has boats and yeah. <laughs> also like heat. Heat, like everyone's yeah. sweaty and yeah, bad boys. The sweatiness of it of sweat all. On yeah, yeah. It just gives it a different vibe, but maybe a little bit more of an urgent vibe. And uh, growing up down there, like it was pretty remarkable. I think there was a there was a failed push in like the forties for like a uh, Miami to be a kind of new Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I know Jackie mm-hmm. Gleason was making stuff down there, and uh, Max Fleischer and the Popeye people moved their studio down there. They're all closed now. But, uh, but yeah, they, they, they shot the interiors and the exteriors there. And my grandparents lived there, so you would just meet people like many people mm-hmm. got to be extras on Miami <laughs> yeah, Vice. a body. It was a weird... <laughs> yeah. but, but like the way people champion a local sports team, I think they were the most bummed about it because mm-hmm. they lost no. this huge defining thing that like attracted the attention of the entire city for five years. Mm-hmm. And, and I, th- I think I said that on a previous episode that like, I didn't, I thought in my head, my head cannon for stuntmen was that they were people who volunteered to die for the art of film and television <laughs> until I met my friend's neighbor who was shot and told me about how he was shot on Miami vice. Mm-hmm. And he's not even an actor. Mm-hmm. He, he just took a fake bullet in Miami vice and like, no, 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 they rig a thing to you. And you, you, I, I fell out of glass, but the glass was already kind of broken. Like this is mind blowing for an eight year old. I <laughs> yeah. can't say this at all. They faked a death. That's cheap. Uh, I would love to be squibbed. Yeah, me too. me too. I want to be fake shot. Me too. Oof. Or just play a corpse like on a Law & Order show. Oh, that would be great. Be you know what? It's so weird that we're talking about that today because I just listened to the You Must Remember This about Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee. 
Oh, Ugh. bizarre that okay. we're talking about this. Yeah, so that's Thank why. Thank you for reminding me. Maybe I don't. That's a great yes, episode. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Maybe don't. Uh, yeah, but Miami Vice closes its doors, and, 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 and the ratings were in decline, but I, th- I, I think you got to give it up to whatever network it was on there. At least gave them, like, you can close out your series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, it has a close, and it's – I was scrubbing through it, and it's, it's, it's not, not entertaining. Yeah. They steal the Ferrari, throw their badges on the ground. Take down a plane with their handguns. It's sure. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but it, it's – and I, I think I told that story too. Like uh, my uh, English boss, like growing up in England, they were f- – like Miami Vice was beloved on a different level. It wasn't just a procedural cop show. It was this exotic locale most people mm-hmm. abroad assumed they would never see. Mm-hmm. And when he – in the in the 2000s when he got to visit Miami, all he could think about was Miami Vice locations because mm-hmm. that's the only way they knew this weird – it is kind of a weird place. I, I neglect yeah. that because I grew up going yeah, there a lot. it's very exotic. It is very exotic, yeah. Different food, different cuisine, different language. Yeah. So many different kinds of people yeah. from all over the world, a different architecture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 I was reading and just glancing at the wiki and the, the creator was just like, no, it, it had, not to be overdramatic, but it has kind of a Casablanca vibe because mm. it's where like, it's this collective where a bunch yeah, of people from different places come together and has a different vibe than almost any other American city because of that. Right. And and, and, and it has also a little bit of lawlessness. And uh, mm-hmm. trafficking of drugs and humans will have to go through the Miami area. Yeah. Yep. And and so it's it's yeah I'm sort of bummed out to see this but like it was you know I was too Five young to seasons like is a good show. run though yeah, I, I mean mm-hmm. you know we all want our favorite things to last forever but when you really look at the context like five seasons is a really good run it, it was and I think they said like every the show was so hot and they had so and all the cast had so many offers to go on and do other yeah. things and like Edward James almost had just been in Stand and Deliver. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everyone was kind of desperate to put an end to the show. And it was also, I think, kind of expensive and kept having to have its budget cut. Not sure. But then, yeah. like, Don Johnson is kind of one of, the, like, the most naturally charming people in the universe. Oh, yeah. And his, I'm <laughs> sort of bummed his movie. Other than almost, like, no one else came out of this film or this show that I know to do anything I noticed. Yeah, and Philip Michael Hall kind of faded off. Yeah. And, and Don Johnson never became that movie star that I think everyone thought he was to become. Yeah, and I wonder what that is. I mean, he went on to do Nash Bridges, which was also hugely show successful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hugely successful for sure and, you know, had a good run. But between Miami Vice and Nash Bridges, what was he doing? I, I know I he's mean, a Django. I guess it was and... only like a period probably of like maybe five years because when did Nash Bridges yeah. start late 90s no idea. Mm-hmm. so yeah I probably just took some time off and counted some money yeah everybody everyone who's worked with him has like legendary stories about how charming John, Don Johnson yeah. is and yeah. he's not dead yet but sometimes it feels like yeah. he is because I hear him talked about more than I see him mm. and well he's on The Watchmen <laughs> Well, I'd, 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 no spoilers, but like, yeah, sorta. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's in the Watchmen. Mm-hmm, yeah. He's in a Watchmen, <laughs> and he he's, shows up in um, Tarantino stuff. He does. He does. Yep. They they think he pops up in a movie we'll talk about in 2010. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. But uh, in smaller roles, and I don't. I don't I yeah, can't exactly. Meet... He's become a character actor, and it turns out, oh shit, he's real good at that. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, you know, I know exactly why he left an impression in my brain. He is mm. the only actor name-checked on Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes dorks can, can back me up on this. He's the, Hobbes thinks he, he's growing out of stubble to give himself a Don Johnson look. I remember 
and, and oh there's God. there's like almost no real anything ever mm-hmm. mentioned in Calvin and Hobbes. It's just Don Johnson. And they have little blazers. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember Calvin in a little blazer. Yeah, the style was something that people really hadn't seen yet, and I was trying to think about how to articulate it in a way that's. It is strange to have a style of dress that is both definitive of the decade and also a specific television show yeah. or movie. Yeah, like I, you look at that that whole blazer with the neon T-shirt mm-hmm. and the pastels underneath with the sleeves rolled up is specifically Miami Vice yeah. and specifically '80s, and it's just to become a shorthand. Right. Is there another? Outfit or I mean, maybe like an unbuttoned overall from the fucking real world early night first yeah, three seasons. Yeah, but that was but still like, like a lot of but other I know what you're stuff. About. Yeah, like, it, it's nothing mm. like because even when they made like Grand Theft Auto Vice City, like it's in the vein of right. the style Miami Vice defined. Well, when which they, I'm not even sure really existed on Friends when they do like flashbacks to the yeah. 80s, like for the characters, they're in Miami Vice jackets. When people do <laughs> logo parodies of the 80s, right. they use the Miami Vice yeah. font. Right, right, it, it, it's, exactly. It embodies it, it is rare I can't think of a, a an I'm analog of something of that what... so embodies the decade that right. it's from exactly hmm. Hmm. interesting hmm. yeah if we had question of the weeks that'd be a good one mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be mm-hmm. a good one maybe hackers for the 90s uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know but uh, goodbye Miami Vice I, w- I really do look forward to your comments on Miami Vice because I mm-hmm. love hearing positive things I, I it's hard to love a, a show that old but it is always interesting when I like I'm traveling and I see it on cable. Well, I feel like yeah. my husband is maybe a year off of going through and watching all of Miami Vice yeah. because he did that with Columbo, which was very fun. Good Lord. And now he's doing it with Law and Order original flavor. And this is why I can't wow. watch The Mandalorian. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, it's been real fun to be go back and rewatch these old Law and Orders. And I do believe Law and Order will be talking about that soon in 1990. Was so. Dick Wolf involved yeah. in Miami Vice as well? I think he was. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. My favorite thing, yeah, uh, I love going back and watching stuff like that. Mostly because it's it's every actor before they were famous. Mm, Every single one will pop up for 10 seconds sitting like in a booth in the background. You're like, wait a minute. Your coffee, sir. Christoph Waltz. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Wow. Mm So I guess in a bit of counter-programming on the 26th, the CBS TV movie, Daughter of Darkness. Daughter of Darkness. <laughs> so this is Anthony Perkins. Like the Tom Jones song? Yeah. This is Anthony Perkins. Mm-hmm. It's right. a, it's a, a, from Psycho. Mm-hmm. And is this Mia Sarah? Is that Ferris Bueller's girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sloan, the most beautiful woman Sloan. in the world? Yep. Who was only in one other bad movie that I can name? Precisely. Legend, looking at you, Ridley Scott. Yeah. Uh, yep. She's the Daughter of Darkness? <laughs> she is. I have to see this. A world she didn't understand. Why else would a young lady from Chicago want to come to Romania? (laughs) Maybe to find someone. A father she never knew. Be careful. Everybody should be very careful in a country like this. Catherine has come looking for the truth. Something weird has been happening to me. I've been having these dreams. And somewhere in between her dreams... The places in my dreams... They're real. They're here. I'm, I'm a diplomat. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm scared. What was that name? Cyprian? Who are they? She knows my father's family. Vampires. The truth became all too real. Oh, 
Oh my goodness. Vampires. This looks ridiculous. What? It's in Romania. <laughs> it's obviously vampires. Oh, Romania. I was going to say, I'm so sick of all these Irish cab driver stereotypes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what accent was that? First, it started out with Chicago, <laughs> and then it went right into something hey, else. Where are you going? Uh, Dracula's Castle? <laughs> like, <stuff right> <laughs> Oh, you better suffer some deep dish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just making me think of like one of my favorite dumb jokes from the critic, which is he's in Iraq and all the cab drivers are from Brooklyn because it's part of the exchange program. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, we send all our cab drivers over there and they send them all over here so no one can understand anybody. Oh, yeah. oh goodness. Uh, and man, a lot of fun TV to talk about. This is one of the first Super Bowls I remember because Simpsons sort of oh. got me into television that happened ah. after six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, Super Bowl. It's a hell of a one. And that's it. I don't know. I was in a bar and someone's like, "How about them Niners?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I love the San Francisco Fortnites. They doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> lived, lived there for a dozen years and never once paid attention to a game, but I know they sucked. And I guess thirty yep, years later, they they're did. they're contenders again." We're going to Super Bowl, baby. Is that happening? Ooh. I don't know. Yeah. Who's yeah. playing? We're going to the Super Bowl. Who's... It's, it's going to be uh, us, Kansas City. Kansas City Chefs versus the Fortnites? God wow. damn. Like yeah. Which I love because I can root for everybody because I root for the 49ers because I'm here in San Francisco. And I can root for the Chiefs because they haven't been to Super Bowl in 50 years. So that's nice. Good for them. Everybody wins. All oh, right. Good for them. But this is, this is that Joe Montana, Jared Rice here. Am I right? Oh, yeah. fuck. Yes. Okay. And you can tell because it is the highest score ever racked up in a Super Bowl. And really? also the biggest difference in points but it, ever. Hmm. 49ers demolish the Denver Broncos 55 to 10. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's like, that's 55. like a That's like a couple touchdowns and like a touchback or something. I, is that, Sounds did I say right. that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris, yeah. It's pretty good. Touchback? Yeah. Yeah. We'll just divide 7 into 55 and then whatever is left over. It doesn't work. You have to. Did they lose seven, one point? Seven touchdowns and a missed. <laughs> they lost a point. point somewhere. A missed. Maybe for a penalty. Point. Does that happen? Penalizing the team one point. <laughs> no. Excessive cockiness. <laughs> no, but it, it does make me think. Like, should we bring in the mercy rule for professional sports? What's that? Like when you're when you get that far up. I remember when little kids Stop were getting slaughtered in my peewee soccer games. Yes, there would mm. be. A, this is embarrassing. Yeah. We forfeit. Right. Everyone have your orange slices and Gatorade and go <laughs> home. And, uh, yeah. I, so, yeah, Montana's uh, MVP because, of course. of course, he's fucking Joe Montana. And uh, the halftime show, I love these because up till 92, mm-hmm. halftime shows were embarrassing. Mm. And pretty much after Michael Jackson, I even read an article about this. Pretty much after they got Michael Jackson to do a halftime show, then it became a big thing. Yeah. But back then, it was some country musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like people and like some lo- local marching bands. Yeah, people locally in the area. Aww. You around this weekend? You want to maybe do the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl yeah. halftime and show? It's- it's online, and it's one of those things where it's like, is this a parody? <laughs> is it Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man getting married on the 50-yard line? Aww. <laughs> it's not even that fun. It really is just some marching bands it, and some majorettes. And we have a clip. Let's oh, yeah. They allowed this online? All right. Let's see. There is a man. Wait. It's paying tribute to New Orleans 
And You're right, also, this is the Superdome. The 40th anniversary of, of Peanuts. Of Charlie Brown? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like the... in your face, Beyonce. <laughs> in your face, Bruce Springsteen's wow, penis. That... Wait, you... okay, so if you're a big Peanuts fan, and I am, you have to see this, because they animate like Woodstock down there with the marching band. I and... mean, he is a dancer. Yeah, and well, uh, oh, some horrible costumes, it looks Ooh. like. Mm. Yeah. But holy shit, holy shit is... Wow, what a drastic difference. It like... feels like Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we are so far off from Janet Jackson's tit. At this point, mm-hmm. good lord! All right, yeah, yeah. Wait, who's playing this year? Have they announced that yet? We just talked. Uh, yeah. No, the halftime show. Oh, oh, oh! I don't even know when they announced that. I'm gonna go ahead and guess. Uh, 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 Imagine Drake. Imagine Drake, maybe. Yeah, and, and Bruno Mars. Bru- <laughs> it's always Bruno Mars. <laughs> and Bruno Knowles, he'll be playing. Uh, yeah, I have uh, no idea. yeah. How about Shakira and J Lo? Really? Oh, okay, Shakira, yeah. Shakira. Where, Shakira, Shakira. Where's the Super Bowl? The Bronx? What's happening? <laughs> uh, no, I believe it's in here? Miami. Ah, no, that makes sense. Gotcha. Oh, it whatever. all comes around. They better do a tribute to Miami Vice. And they better have a cameo <gasps> appearance from Gloria Estefan. <gasps> oh yeah. my God, I would love that. Oh my God. Yeah. How I could love her. Fucking better. I'm calling it right yeah. now, and I won't be watching it. So no. You'll have- <laughs> I, I, I do have to say, though... I wish that my friends did like to watch football because I do like eating football snacks. I do like football snacks. Hell yeah. You know? My friend's mother made something called Super Bowl sandwiches that she never made any other time. And I I still don't know what it is. I know it's like something with pimento cheese, but they were like, she would cut the crusts off and they're tiny little triangle sandwiches so you could eat a ton of them. Ooh, I know. I've really been wanting to make some deviled eggs. Oh, I love deviled eggs. Me too. So much. I love deviled eggs. All right. Um, and, and so where I get most of my context for this and all this stuff, uh, the Denver Broncos is The Simpsons. <laughs> of course. Uh, and The Simpsons <laughs> has its third episode this week, and it is a doozy. Yeah. I say mm-hmm. doozy in that it would inadvertently go on to define a ton of things about the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, there's no disgrace like home. Airs this week. It, is, it has, hey, the first appearance of Dr. Marvin Monroe, which Harry yeah, Shearer yeah. said he stopped doing because... Uh, Matt Groening thought it was annoying and it hurt his voice to do. I don't know why that reason. was. Uh, Eddie and Lou first appear hey. uh, in the wrong color, I might add, if you want to check that out. Mm-hmm. And uh, the biggest one is Itchy and Scratchy because like, Yay. up until this point, the kids exclusively watched the Happy Little Elves. And, right. and I just forgot how quickly they like phased that out and never really talked about those characters again. And yeah, but Itchy- Lisa always had that poster still. Yes. Yeah. He never saw Happy Little Elves ever again. I think if, if, like Maggie would be watching it, not all of the kids. In the, mm. in the Christmas episode, the whole family is watching Happy Little Elves. And <gasps> almost entirely, it'll be Itchy and Scratchy from here on out in The mm-hmm. Simpsons history. And I loved Itchy and Scratchy. I watched this with Sarah. I know we have different opinions on this or different experiences. Yeah, because I remember my parents watching The Simpsons when I was growing up. And I always had to cover my eyes during the Itchy and Scratchy parts because it was too scary for me. <laughs> and, and the I rest... found it to be very disturbing as a five-year-old. And little boys my age, um, little boys my age. Why aren't all cartoons like this? Right. Why, like, this is not fair that the Simpsons parody of a Tom and Jerry cartoon is so much better than Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. I want to see more <laughs> fucking violence like this. Why isn't their whole cartoon like this? And there's still, other than Ren and Stimpy, nothing came close. And uh, I think, so what's the bigger thing here? There's no disgrace. It, it appears in Die Hard 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a little, with a little synergy. But um, it's the episode where the Simpsons go to family therapy and it, 
not only are the colors and the style and the height of everybody yeah. like really off. All the backgrounds look like they needed another pass. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the Rugrats people at their yeah. worst. And it, it's uh, everyone sort of is playing against type other than Bart. Homer is the responsible family man. Yeah. Marge is the drunk. Lisa's a bitch. Yeah. And, uh, yeah Lisa. It, what the heck? I, well, the show. I was disappointed the show to see her act that way. Totally defined itself yet. Yeah. But what did make it famous is that they all end up in family therapy after Homer hawks hawks the television to get the two hundred and fifty dollars to go to therapy. Mm. And I just mm. I gotta say I wish a doctor's appointment was two hundred and fifty dollars for me because <laughs> without health and patreoncom laser time. Uh, but uh, everybody everybody kind of remembers this scene. Everyone comfy. <laughs> Good. Now, don't touch any of those buttons in front of you for a very important reason, i.e., you are wired into the rest of your family. You have the ability to shock them, and they have the ability to shock... Testing. Why you? Oh, not yet. (laughs) You see, this is what is known as aversion therapy. When someone hurts you emotionally, you will hurt them physically, and gradually you will learn not to hurt each other at all. And won't that be wonderful, Homer? Oh, yes, Doctor. Bart, how could you shock your little sister? My finger slipped. So did mine. Bart, Lisa, stop that. So everyone ends up getting shocked. So the power goes out. <laughs> yes. I don't understand exactly how the aversion therapy is supposed to work in this. So now I'm watching it again. I'm like, wait a minute. The way he's explaining it doesn't make any sense. To associate emotional pain with physical pain. So right. if you hurt your relatives, you feel physical. I don't understand it either, yeah. actually. Also, that means they would have to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. If you hurt them, I guess they would hurt you back physically. So I was going to say, first of which all, they could do that without shocks. Having still very little experience with therapy, this is what I, th- I, I guess this is what they do in therapy. <laughs> yeah. You get hooked up to electrodes, clockwork orange silence, shocked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Before and, that, they were beating each other with foam bats. And I just, I also yeah. want to express that, like, The Simpsons was a, all, not only an immediate success, it was an immediate controversy. I was saying to you earlier, I do not know of another show chastised by the president by mm-hmm. name before or since uh, other than The Simpsons. And it's not that this episode was controversial, but when every news piece was doing a, a piece on the show being controversial, they played this sequence mm-hmm. of the family mm-hmm. shocking one another. So every time it was written about, or like, done a disparaging news piece on it, you got to see this footage because it emphasized the whole family being bad and why they're bad for the country. Right. And and it's just bizarre to think about because you're watching this like, the, people had a problem this with this? This is so benign. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you just have to put it next to like Alf and like Full House is airing its third yeah. season and Family Matters is on. It was different. And it like, whereas you mentioned Married with Children, like mm-hmm. why weren't people pissed about that? And like, because kids didn't care. Yeah. Kids it really cared about The Simpsons. Yeah. So and it was yeah it became a lightning rod and if you're an arcade fan I love this the Simpsons arcade game one of my favorite games of all time they had the Simpsons was such a white hot phenomenon that they didn't have a lot to like put in the game so there's a <laughs> character who's waiting in the office of Dr Marvin Monroe that's the boss of the most tavern level he has no name and never appears on the Simpsons again because there's a lot of Characters, no-name characters with distinct designs that appear in the first season. Mm. And uh, the ending of the episode is the ending of the arcade game. It's The animation mm. is lifted straight out of the ending of uh, There's No Disgrace Like Home. Huh. And I, if you 
it was really hard to beat that game with real quarters. You would have to wait till someone's birthday, and the uh-huh. guy would put it on free play, mm-hmm. and you and your friends would beat the Simpsons arcade game. I did it like five times back in the wow. day. Wow, rad! Very yeah. cool. And she doesn't mean that. She doesn't mean that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but uh, I just like it when you brag I, about stuff like that. Was that a brag? Uh, felt like it. I don't have a lot else going on, so give, okay. give me this, people. I, I kind of want to go back to if she is grouchy because mm-hmm. I love puns so much and. Every episode title is such a good pun, yes. and I'm so glad to see. Oh, of course, they're collected all together on the internet somewhere, so I can just enjoy them. Yes, uh, esophagus now. That's a good one. And, <laughs> and, and From here to infirmity. And, yeah, yeah, here to infirmary. Especially it's a wonderful knife. Awesome. <laughs> especially because the Simpsons episode titles are among the worst writing the show has to offer. Mm. Their episode titles are <laughs> fucking terrible. Um, yeah. But yeah, They're not even close to as good as Kayana Scratchy Death Out of Balance. <laughs> Kayana Scratchy? Kayana Scratchy. Holy yeah. shit. That's really good. That's really good. And uh, and speaking of video games, nothing, no confirmable mega releases, but something really crazy is coming if you're watching television right now, and this is how they're advertising it. Mario! 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 So that's just how the advertising is. Human beings uh-huh. chanting for this game that they want a true sequel to and do mm-hmm. not have yet, yet Japan has had for over a year. That's coming mm-hmm. in the coming weeks. But remember, for our patrons at patreon.com slash later time, five bucks to support the whole network and all your lovely hosts that you hear right now. Uh, the Video Game Apocalypse guys, every Friday, uh, they do a spe- we'll do a special episode that mm-hmm. digs even deeper into the games. And I assure you, you want to hear that this month because I think we get to talk about the Game Genie, which is one of my favorite things ever. So that's mm-hmm. about it for games. We have music of 1990s. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the death of the 80s, ugh. Um, we got new releases. Uh, Vigil in a Wilderness of Mirrors. Wow. <laughs> the solo debut of Marillion singer Fish. Yeah. Not, yeah. not Shrey I kids. don't know why. <laughs> uh, for some reason, February is when a, a fuck ton of music is coming out. But mm. January... It's pretty quiet still. So, fish, you know, from Marillion? No, sure. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> know at all. I think we've had Marillion several times because they're they're very prolific, sort of prog rocky. Okay, okay. Yeah. So they sound like Tolkien horseshit. Yeah, I missed the appendices. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, you know what I'm getting into. <laughs> and uh, how am I supposed to live without you? This does kind of embody the end of the 80s. We're yeah. like, man, why is music not fun? And why is my mom so into it This now? is really transitioning into the 90s for sure. And my, yep. one thing my mom did love, little Rod Stewart. Oof. Really, really wet those mm-hmm. panties for mama. And Downtown Train. <laughs> gross. Yes, it is gross. Uh, downtown Train, I remember, this is on the radio all the fucking time. I don't remember time. this song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just, this gets up to number three. Yeah, yeah. How, how am I supposed to live without you is at number one. Downtown Trains at number three. I mean, it's it's a good time for uh, white guy slow jams. <laughs> it's a good time All for right. moms everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yep. But we, we, hey, people, I gotta get used to saying this. When we get back from our first break, it'll be the year 2000. The year 2000. And not the 90s anymore, 2000. So get ready. Lots of, gonna probably be some Sopranos talk. Stay tuned.
Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Uber and Hyundai are planning flying taxis by 2023. So if anybody's going to say, fuck you, well, I guess that guy's not an Uber anymore. Like the super toxic CEO guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, but like if anybody, Uber has done that already. They have, have said like, well, fuck your regulations. Well, this is flying. But that's what I'm saying. Like flying. The, the flying cars flying. are a mess. Yeah. It's not just like when, oh my, when you build hell? cars, you build a road and traffic lights and science. Yes. You know yes. what you don't worry about? Everything under the road. And, <laughs> and when I'm walking down the street just mm-hmm. on my merry way, I have about a zero percent chance of a car yes. flying out of the sky yes. and landing on me. You yes, know? when I'm being like a disgusting fat fuck and eating a, a fucking drumstick and drinking a beer in a yeah. raft in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, right. I shouldn't have to worry about a car hitting me, and now I do. When, now, a, when a car breaks down now, it's an eyesore. When it breaks down <laughs> in the sky, I mean, it's a, it's a comet. Yeah. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Keeping with ten years later, keeping with tradition of mom rock. I Ooh, hate this fucking band. I do too. <laughs> Something about their voices make me feel like I'm like being gently, like touched in a way that I don't want to be. Yeah. Like, or you're on your second <laughs> no, date, your boyfriend's super massagey, and no, it makes me feel like you know when you're on like public transportation and a lady or a man is standing too close to you and their hair is kind of touching you. Ugh. That's what yeah. their voices make me <laughs> make me feel. Just, uh, just gently unpleasant. Uh, I cannot stand Savage Garden, and that's. But we are coming in with "I knew I loved you," before <sighs> I met you, fucking Delilah uh, Rock. Delilah, <clears throat> we're slow dancing at our cousin's wedding. Yes. With another cousin, yes, so it's I'm uncomfortable. Slow dancing at the wedding I'm chaperoning for one of my friend's kids. So, yeah. but, uh, but uh, Wait, you're chaperoning I know, I a wedding? Okay. Um, <laughs> <sighs> but oh, there's a little rock for you. Uh, new releases, Razorblade Romance by him. Thank you, Bram Margera, for bringing that to us. Uh, uh, Guy 3 by Guy. Who could forget? <laughs> Other than me. Uh, Southern Discomfort by I Hate God. Oh, that's just not nice. You shouldn't Ooh. listen to I Hate God, spelled with I-Y-E-Y-E. E-Y-E. Hate God. Uh, we have uh, Thought Crush My Mind by Blindside. Life Will Kill You by Warren Zevon. And boy, was he that's right. A- that's uh, a good album. And yep. uh, well, I didn't know this. Voodoo by D'Angelo, which is on Rolling yes. Stone's top 500 is albums this of all time. The D'Angelo album with the song on it. You, you want to see the, yep. this, the spinning V? This is that what we're video. talking about? Ooh, girl. <laughs> this video. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, somehow, Ooh, while I was researching this, my husband had never seen this video. Are you what? Ki- Well, it doesn't. For, for untitled parentheses, um, whatever. How does it feel? Uh, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So I showed it to him, and he's like, 
I was like, this was super controversial. People wanted to get that video banned. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why? And I'm like, uh... well, it's just a guy. Let me show you. And it is just a slow close-ups of D'Angelo's ridiculous body. Ridiculously cut body. Showing everything but the, but the tackle. And just right. about and everything. And it's just barely not showing the tackle. And I had to point out the moment where it's like, okay, this is the part that people were upset about. Because there's a point where he's looking down and then he starts to smile and then he starts to go like, yeah! And it's like, <laughs> people weren't imagining someone was blowing him just <gasps> off screen. Really? Okay, I didn't know that was, aspect. And he was like, but the shot is so low that you would see someone if they were there. And I'm like, I know! <laughs> it's, it's, I don't appreciate it. It totally overshadowed the moment where he like bent down and spread his cheeks. <laughs> like, you don't even remember that, that happened. <laughs> and and I, I was just this thinking... This video. Oh, yeah. For some reason, yeah. got a D'Angelo on vinyl this Christmas. Oh. On the Red Dead Redemption 2 soundtrack. Oh. He's got a great really? song. Yeah, my dad. I don't know. My dad doesn't know what I like. But it's a, it's a good song. Um, and it, it comes at a great moment in Red Dead Redemption, too. Okay. Almost yeah. 20 years it's later. A, it's a good like, R&B album. Mm-hmm. Like, I listened mm-hmm. to a couple other songs. And yeah, it's, I'll, I'll agree with Rolling Stone. It's, it's a really good Marvin Gaye-ish sort of album. But mm-hmm. oh, my God. The How Does It Feel video. All right, easy, Please Diana. go look it up right now. Easy, yeah, Diana. for real. Do yourself The ladies favor. are fanning themselves right now. Yeah. They, I literally am, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just do yourself. Take your pants off first. Okay. <laughs> Get in the bone Look, zone. I think. Oh man, we just got we just got bumped into a higher rating. <laughs> podcast. Oh yeah, because my female gentle, pleasure. Female pleasure. We can't show it on the podcast. My gentle ribald. Uh, <laughs> ribald. Yeah, I know your PG description it. of yeah. liking D'Angelo. <laughs> um, and uh, the, like, uh, how about some movies of two thousand January twenty fourth to thirtieth? Okay, they're not good. Um, the, the big tease. Well, I don't know. There's one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one good one. Yeah, there's one good one. Uh, there's a couple terrible ones. Never, uh, never heard of the Big T's. Okay, so the Big T's is um, well, I thought it was kind of cute. I, I admit I didn't finish it, mm-hmm. but uh, the trailer tells you what it's about. Okay. Welcome to Los Angeles. What kind of movie are you guys making? It's exactly like Braveheart, except it's a hairdressing movie set in modern times. Most of it is indoors, and nobody gets killed. <laughs> Here. I'm representing Scotland in the Platinum Scissors. Everyone who is anyone in hair is here to watch the world's top stylists compete for the Platinum Scissors. You really don't understand, do you? I love Masterpiece Theater, only you're not getting into my competition. It's kind of like Rocky, but with carvers. You guys want an idea? This is this. I never Sounds heard of this. Cute. This, this seems. Yeah. Is this something Craig Ferguson wrote? I don't know if he did, but it's really it's a Craig Ferguson vehicle, right? You know, mm-hmm. we, we, uh, and um. Why am I blanking on his name? Why do I want to call him Dana Carvey? Uh, the guy whose show he was on. Ah, uh, Drew Carey. Thank you. Yes. Same initials. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Drew Carey pops up in it. A bunch of, a ton of other people. Francis Fisher, Fisher, Sarah Gilbert, Mary McCormick. Yeah. A bunch of people just pop up as this, like, easy, wacky Scottish guy who's a hairstylist and he wants to enter this big hairstyling competition. So it, it It's sort of drop-dead gorgeousy yeah. in that it's very... Like satirical, but definitely not as as toothy. <laughs> it does not dig in as much as Drop Dead Gorgeous does. But okay. it was just sort of a goofy romp, and it's sort of like, well, this was charming. I mean, it's fine. It's not great, but why have I never heard of this? Well, he, and he did write it. Well, I just always found Craig Ferguson sort of fascinating. He was like, uh, yeah, 
He's like, imagine if like Jay Peterman from Seinfeld mm-hmm. wrote a couple of charming movies and then turns out as a pretty good talk show host and stand like. I don't even want to call him a stand-up. He's just right. like, I like hearing him talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even and when he's he not making jokes. He's like got a rough background where he was into like in the punk scene. He was getting into fights and had mm-hmm. drug problems. And you're like, that guy? Really? Yeah. Her? And he got <laughs> egg. And then he got <sighs> sober. And yeah, he's got a really interesting story. And he's always just seemed like the most charming, yeah. nicest guy. I have a soft spot for him. But like, I, you know, it's not someone I... Seek out, right? And but I have a soft spot mm-hmm. for Craig Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, but if he pops up on something you're watching, you're yeah, like, oh boy. Course. Yeah, and I mean, he shows up on some of my, the podcasts I listen to as well, and it's always a pleasure. Everybody should do their talk show monologue into a fisheye lens. It's, it's like Busta Rhymes comedy. It's great. <laughs> uh, I miss that. Uh, and wow. Yeah. So yeah, Big T is uh, kind of surprising. It's, the, it's fine. The Big T is. Is this at least for? The early 2000s, this has to be the gayest movie of all time. Mm. Uh, <laughs> isn't She Great starring, Jesus Christ, David Hyde Pierce, Stalker Channing, Nathan Lane, and Bette Midler with a side of John Cleese and John Larroquette. Yes. The Johns. Mm-hmm. Yes. And- <laughs> I'm sad I missed out on seeing this one. Oh, this honestly. got horrible reviews. Oh, no. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And it pissed me off because this shit is made for me. Yes. The Dolls is one of my favorite bad movies of all time. I love it. Mm-hmm. And it is trash. And I love it still. And this is about Jacqueline Suzanne, who wrote Valley of the Dolls, who is also uh, a trashy motherfucker. Okay. I actually didn't know. And it- the movie is awful. Oh, <laughs> I boom. didn't know it was biopic at all. Yep. A book. Reading never solved anything. You're going to write one. I can't write a book. All I know about are aging stars, hopeful hookers, and people popping pills and winding up in the gutter. You wouldn't use real names, would you? From Universal Pictures. Can I write about having sex? Yes. Bette Midler. What about sex and swimming pools? Even Shakespeare didn't think of that. <laughs> Nathan Lane. <laughs> it's like Gone with the Wind. Holy <sighs> filthy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. What a shame. This looks right at my eyes. What is it like uh, Bette Midler being married to Nathan Lane? It's just like, I can see it. Oh, it makes I, perfect sense. <laughs> yes. Perfect yeah, sense. I can see it. <laughs> God damn yeah, it. it's it's really disappointing because it's I don't know. It seems like it likes Jacqueline and Suzanne too much, and mm-hmm. it's like no, she was a trashy hag, and you should treat her like a trashy hag, and it's more fun that way. But it's supposed to be like inspiring, sort of at the end because she gets cancer, and that's sad. Oh, but yeah, I don't. It's like the tone is sort of all over the place, and it's just I don't know. Mm. It's like it's silly when it shouldn't be, but when it's serious, it should be silly. Okay, so disappointed. Because, like I said, that's my favorite kind of gay camp trash yeah. right there. Well, in, in, oh, yeah. in terms of, like, I don't know, the best kind of camp? No, this isn't that campy. Uh, the best movie, you think of the show that we had to talk about. Yeah, um, I totally agree. Yeah. And it has been a pain in the ass to try to find it on streaming. Really? Oh, I, really? I, dude, I saw the whole thing on YouTube, like, somewhat recently. Mm. But uh-huh. uh, that would be... What do you want to call this? The fake behind-the-scenes movie Shadow of the Vampire starring John yeah. Malkovich, Willem Dafoe as Max Shrek, uh, Udo Kier, Carrie Elways, Catherine McCormick, and Eddie Izzard. Director F.W. Murnau had an obsession to create the world's most realistic vampire movie. Meet Count Olaf. The overture to our symphony of horrors. He dug up an actor... I'd like some makeup. Well, you don't get him. <laughs> Didn't just play the part. But you're not feeding. 
No, you're not drinking her blood. He lived it. What is the matter with you? Where did you find him, really? This just feels like so ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Making a fake story about a real behind-the-scenes production of the f- first ever vampire movie, mm-hmm. Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the bootleg Dracula. One of- Arguably, maybe the first horror movie. Yeah. Oh wow! And still, just wonderful. If you get a chance to see someone playing it with a live, like with a live organ, we got Ooh. to watch it in that Ooh. church at the top of the hill in San Francisco on Halloween. It was fucking great. Yeah. And uh, and this just tells the story. And it, I don't know much about the director, but like uh, he, I think Max Schreck was just a dude who looked yeah. ugly. <laughs> And and well, he's got a bunch of makeup on and stuff. I mean, you know, he has he has a naturally yeah. very weird look. Mm, and his yeah. name, yes, is Shrek. yeah. And they make him up. So basically, the idea is okay. What if the first film version of a vampire story starred a real vampire? Yes, that Love he turns it. out that's, to be a real vampire. What a great concept! He's he's a real vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Perfect. Max Shrek is an actual vampire. That's what he looks like all of the time. And yeah. if you don't know what Nosferatu looks like, I mean, he's got super long hands and long fingernails and like a giant head. I think he's okay. very gaunt. If you don't I know mean, what Nosferatu looks like, yeah. I don't know how you I should listen to this show. Yeah, I feel like... I would be disappointed in you. I think people, everyone who's watching... You don't have to see the movie. Yeah, like, you've seen you gotta it, know what it looks you've like. You've seen it. I'm sorry, yeah, if you haven't, I'm gonna need you to stop listening. Just and imagine, double your patronage. Just imagine Bat Boy... But an old man. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's bad boy. Yeah, bad boy. But right. yeah, it, it, so, this yeah, feels so like it's a about va- making a movie with a real vampire in it, and he keeps wanting to, you know, eat people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they're it, like, no, bad. Yeah, and it feels like no a much, bad Nosferatu. A much more modern Charlie Kaufman kind yeah. of plot that that would you'd see nowadays because these are real people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, based well, on real people. It feels very much your favorite movie. Mm, it would. Yes. Yeah, I do love that mm. shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And it is a making of. Mm-hmm. And it's a struggle between, you know, two artistic people. And I love that, yeah, Willem Dafoe, as his vampire guy, he starts, you know, the stardom starting to go to his head a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, it just, there's so much in it that is just so, like, there's one scene that made me think about Dracula in a way I never thought, where it's like, he's just shooting the shit with the crew. And they're talking about, like, oh, Dracula's so creepy. And he's like, no, Dracula, or, you know, Count Orloff, because this is actually mm. a knockoff Dracula. Yes. Um, you know, no, I mean, think about it. When when he has Jonathan Harker come to his house, he offers him bread. He offers him wine. He hasn't eaten in hundreds of years. <laughs> he had to go buy bread for this man. You know how hard that is? He's so lonely. I mean, that's a fair point. I was I, like, yeah. I've never thought about that. Where does the bread come from? What the? F- he went shopping. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I wish I wish this movie had like a more distinct title because I remember I didn't even bat an eye when it came out. It took me years to finally see this. Oh yeah. man, they don't actually have it. It's not on YouTube anymore. Weird. I wonder what happened with it. Um, where could it have it have fallen to? You saying you had a, a tough time seeing it on streaming? I have it on standard yeah. DVD somewhere in this house. Yeah. Even looking on like sites that tell you like where is it streaming? Mm-hmm. A couple of them were like. I've never heard of that. Did you mean Vampire Diaries? Oh, no. Like, no, I didn't. Oh, no. I will never mean Vampire Diaries. <laughs> I will never oh, come mean, on. I mean Shadow of the Vampire show. with Willem Dafoe and John Malkovich. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a pain to find. And also, I did not know this, produced by Nicolas Cage. Really? Yeah. You're, well, you're well, welcome, sir. everyone. You're welcome. Uh, he he would be a great vampire. Oh, sorry, Vampire's Kiss. Great job. Artie <laughs> yeah. sort of did it, but not really. Yeah. 
Um, God yeah. damn it. And then the number but one movie, yeah, the box office. If you up, can oh. find Shadow of the Vampire, you should watch that. I couldn't even find a good trailer for our number one movies. I didn't bother. Well, I, that's... Because it's terrible. I think we all collectively <laughs> forgo- forgot about the Ashley Judd era of number one oh, movies. Cause like, thrillers. Yeah. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Double Jeopardies and your Eye of the Beholder co-starring yes. Ewan McGregor. I'm... It, I may have seen this, but they blend together into something I will never revisit. Mm-hmm. I don't know who is seeing these movies. Maybe my mom, and we don't talk about movies that much. Uh, I think yeah. this one's coming off a of double jeopardy, and people think, ooh, thriller with Ashley Judd, and this one's terrible. And she's, I mean, she's kind of the second lead, where it's like Ewan McGregor is a detective that's stalking her, and she's like a serial killer. Hmm. Ooh. But, but a femme fatale type, and it's like, well, that sounds like fun why is the re- why are all the reviews just like this is garbage wow mm. yeah yeah it's got something like 12 percent on tomatoes i Holy mean shit. it is justifiably forgotten yeah i, I, have, I was a big ewan I, mcgregor I fan mind. at this point so i was yeah. seeing like almost everything he was in so i know i rented it mm-hmm. uh and just like holy shit this is the first time he's let me down ewan mcgregor was like a really a good a good actor to, uh, to hit your horse too um as yep. the kids used yeah, to say in 2000 yeah. Yeah. Oh, young Adam, I get to see his dick for even longer this time. <laughs> Wonderful. Yay. Uh, <laughs> moving into television, another instance of the superb owl. Uh, Ooh, <laughs> the, the crowd goes wild. The St. Louis Rams beat the Tennessee Titans. Are those both still teams? Yeah. Are, you're not sure. No. I'm not Googling it. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Okay. Because all I care about is the halftime show, which is Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, and Tony Braxton. It's a pretty good mix. Other than Phil Collins being in there for some weird reason, like eh, you'll be in my heart. That was it. Like that, yeah. he hadn't really had a song uh, in the charts other than Tar- on the Tarzan soundtrack. Yeah. Everyone else is a kind of a current star. Maybe not Tony Braxton, but eh. she. I think. I think pound for pound, Tony Braxton sold like a shitload oh, of yeah. albums. Yeah, yeah. She was mm-hmm. that She's album. That star. album like like nine single hits on it. And uh, man, I we got tired of it. We had to, like my mom had to, like ban it in our house because my sister and I played it so much <laughs> uh, over the course of like a year and a half. Yeah. Tony Braxton. Yep. It was all over oh. VH1, I remember. I sh- mm-hmm. Yep. I should mention, this is the Tennessee Titans. First season is the Tennessee Titans, uh, right. and it is their only Super Bowl. And yeah, St. Louis Rams don't exist anymore. They're in oh. LA. They, they were the Oilers? Oh. Right. They were the, right. the Houston Oilers. The Houston Oilers. And they became the Tennessee Oilers, and everyone was like, why? <laughs> and then <laughs> they became Tennessee Titans. And they're still the Tennessee Titans, and... Yeah. You should be the Tennessee banjos or some kind of music instruments. Mm, mm, uh, mm. Thank you, Nashville. And man, uh, another fine episode yeah. of The Sopranos this airs this great. week on the 30th of 2000. Toodle fucking ooh. Toodle fucking which, ooh. to my knowledge, was the first time I saw the word fuck in the TV guide. I guess yeah. that, like no one was proofreading it. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was in the episode title, Toodle That's Fucking right. Ooh. And like, ooh, this should be good. And, you know, the, the Sopranos titles are always wonderful kind of misdirects. Mm-hmm. Even though this is a fun way to remember the episode. Oh, yeah. That's what a drunk because Melfi when you, would... Yeah, when you get to the, the scene where mm-hmm. it comes out, it's so... Oh, it just makes you cringe so bad. Cause Does it? To- yeah. Tony's at dinner with a lot of his buddies, mm-hmm. and Melfi's at dinner with her gal pals, and they are... And they haven't seen each other since they stopped seeing each other professionally. Yeah. And, and she sees Tony and comes over to say something to him, which I'm already like, girl, what you doing? Yeah. That's not a good mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. How are you going to explain how you know him I mean, without no, breaching no. his confidentiality? I mean, if you're in the mafia or not, it's kind of... Nope. 
therapist right. really doing exactly. that, right? Exactly. Okay. Oh, it's not even about the mafia. I'm like, girl. Okay. Um, but the therapist shouldn't confront you at, at say hello to you at dinner because then it's yeah. going to require an explanation to yeah. everyone you're with. Who was she? Right. Ah, uh, I messed up in the head. Thanks for... Well, and that's what happens. Mm. And so all of Tony's dinner friends Did think... Yeah, Jafuka. And he's like, no, no. And then finally he's like, yeah. Of course yeah. I did. Of course I did. <laughs> and then, but she is so... She had tits like bags of sand. <laughs> <laughs> Making up lies here. <laughs> she... Like a bag of sand. <laughs> a vagina like freshly poured jello. Whatever. I, I, I was... <laughs> That's how we talk about things, right? Um, but I just love this scene because it shows how enthralled she is by him still. Yeah. Like, he made her fear for her life in mm-hmm. a way, and yet she can't really let get him out of her head. And it's – I do think there is a sexual romantic component to that feeling, but it's hmm. not just that. Yeah. It's something else. It's something that's easier for ladies to ignore. <laughs> Tony, not so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's – she's still kind of in his – Thrall, and then as she is leaving, she says "toodaloo" to him. Toodaloo, and she's so embarrassed. And by she it. beats and herself so up funny. in her Peter Bogdanovich therapy <laughs> yes, session. Yes. But the real big thing is the introduction of one of the best, like just cl- sort of clear cut villains of the Ooh, Sopranos. Yeah, uh, season long Richie Richie April, mm-hmm. uh, and just just a like a outright like just total scumbag just gets out of guy. jail and. Now a guy who was younger than him when he, he went in is giving him orders and like mm-hmm. clearly can't fucking handle it at all. And his shaking down a beansy, I'll never forget that coffee mug slap mm-hmm. that. Yeah. What's mine is not yours to give me. Mm-hmm. And then Tony, I think I, I hate how you make me fucking ride you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, and then I mean, so Adriana is mm-hmm. um his niece? Mm-hmm. Okay. No. Yeah. Oh, yes, Adriana is his niece. Yes. Richie. Rich, Richie, yes. Richie's niece. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And so, yeah, that scene where... He's, he's also the brother of the former boss that Tony took over for. Right. Mm-hmm. And I always forget that Adriana is part of the family in a weird way, too. So but, he puts up with any of this shit. Yeah. Well, and I just... Oof, the scene where Richie's talking to Christopher mm. and finds out that he's like, I heard that you've been beating up Adriana. You raise your hand to my niece again. You better put a ring on her finger or something like yes, that. Oh, yeah. that makes it okay. I'm old school. Yeah. Basically, if you're going to hit her, you better marry her. Which is like, whoa. Oh, oh, <sighs> oh, oh. My own. Get woke. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good uh. episode, though. Really, mm. just like you know, does a lot of things. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Richie is so good, but he gets such a satisfying end. It's so great! It's so great! <laughs> oh, it I should, love it. You you really think it's going to go the obvious route, and so doesn't. And yeah, and the, oh, I, just, I love Richie's arc. I really, mm-hmm. really fucking yeah. do. Well, it yeah. is nice to have. He's um, gonna... it, it, <laughs> no, he's somewhere nice. You can a... see water from him. Yeah. <laughs> In a show. Like a lake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a show where so many of the characters it, it can be stressful because so many of the characters are characters you root for even though they're bad people yep. it is a nice respite to have just a bad guy yes that you can mm-hmm. kind of put all those feelings on and not have to feel like so conflicted yeah. you know yeah there's, there's it's good under, to have a true villain why he is that way sure yeah yeah you know it's yeah. not just he's my yes gentlemen let's salute evil it's like <laughs> he's the way he is for a very good reason it's how you survive it's how yeah. you yeah 
but, but and the, the, the importance for laws among the lawless. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, this is why we have a chain of command. And mm-hmm. there's no reason. And there really is no reason for him to do this to this poor fucking guy. Fucking Beansy. Poor Beansy. Oh, my God. And he looks like Toby Huss's dad. <laughs> um, and <laughs> But um, moving into the video games of 2000, ladies and gentlemen, it's not just a Japanese myth. Mario Party 2 mm. is out this week. <gasps> yeah. As, yeah. Diana, big fan? Sure. Okay. Yeah, all the Mario parties are fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can't distinguish uh, one through four, but uh, they're yeah. they're all in the. There's more Mario Party games than there are Mario games on the uh, N64. A game called Knox, never heard of, and uh, a game I've never played called Dragon Warrior Monsters for the Game Boy. Still, uh, Dragon Quest wearing the Western warrior monikers, but I believe it's the first Dragon Warrior to hit um, England. So you might have, again, we will talk more Cheerio. about this on our Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time, support the entire network. We really would appreciate it. Uh, again, need it now more than ever. Health insurance, taxes. Mm. Ooh, this sucks. Uh, so we, yes, support the shit that you like so it can keep going. Um, and let's, why don't we go out with a song Diana picked out that I, it's just too dirty for me to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Clutch yeah. Of Pearls. Well, Life Will Kill You by Warren Sivon. I thought that this was the album he was working on when he found out he had uh, terminal cancer. I found it, oh no, he found he had terminal cancer while he was promoting this. He already had other health problems, oh which he explained nicely in a, a quick little song called My Shit's Fucked Up. About what his doctor said to him. Oh man, he's like, "What's your problem?" Well, your shit's fucked up. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's I love too bad. Warden, you got a bum yeah. Uh, body. Yeah, just the whole thing's not good. Yeah, the whole thing's just busted this. up. All of this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll close out with that. But ladies and gentlemen, when we get back. It's time to talk the 2010s. Uh, we'll be right back. I had a dream. Ah, shucks, so well. Now it's all fucked up It's shot up to hell Yeah, yeah, my shit's fucked up It has to happen to the best of us The rich folks suffer like the rest of us It'll happen to you And all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of January 24th through the 30th, well, oh, how shall I put this? Uh, we are hitting the 75th anniversary of one of the best things that ever happened, because January 27th, 1945, saw the liberation of the Auschwitz death camp. So, uh, all the other movies are terrible, and I don't want to talk about them, and I feel like now would probably be a good time to talk about the Holocaust. <laughs> and, uh, but there's a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, so, yeah, the Holocaust being, you know, the organized mass slaughter of Jews and gypsies and uh, gays and Catholics and people who look Nazis funny and whatever. And uh, Auschwitz is held up as being the worst of the camps that they sent people to. And that's for good reason, because it was basically a city. Like, they created basically a city for slave labor. And then part of that city was just the, just take people off of trains and put them straight into a gas chamber, and then we kill them all. 
So, liberating that, definitely a good thing. Uh, a lot of Holocaust deniers point at, look, the Soviets are the ones who liberated it, so they, they were faking everything to make it look like, oh, the Nazis were doing bad things, but they actually weren't really doing it. But the documentation is amazing. There is tons of it, and Auschwitz is not the only camp. There are plenty of them, lots of evidence. It's just the worst one. So, what do I recommend to honor International Holocaust Remembrance Day, uh, which it is January 27th, and I thought about this for a while. There's a couple recent movies uh, that are worth watching. There's Denial from 2016, which is okay. And it's a courtroom drama uh, based on a true story uh, about dealing with Holocaust denial. Uh, there's Son of Saul, the Hungarian movie from 2015, which is very, very heavy um, about someone working in the Auschwitz death camp. But I think I'm going to recommend uh, The Long Way Home, which is a documentary from 1997. And that kind of answers the question of, okay, so we're free now, the war is over, now what do we do? And that's a question that I don't see addressed very much. And this one they talk about, now we have this massive humanitarian crisis because there's something like a million people in all these different camps everywhere spread out across Europe. They're all refugees and most of them are near death. So where did they go? How do we feed them? What next? And then it eventually goes into sort of the founding of Israel you know, inside the British Mandate of Palestine because turns out a lot of those people couldn't go home because the people who were back in their hometowns were also anti-Semitic assholes. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting movie just to talk about what now? Now, after the worst thing that, like, humanity has ever done, what do we do? So, The Long Way Home from 1997. Um, <sighs> do me a favor, go on Twitter or Instagram look up someone who's saying something about the hollow hoax and tell them to fuck themselves also because if we don't learn from history we will repeat it. That's it for this week. Stay classic. Coming in with Need You Now by Lady Antebellum off of the album of the same name. Mm. I have never heard of this person. Well, it's a band, what? first of all. It is? It's pretty big, modern. You're I guess it's huge. I guess that's a weird, yeah. that would be a weird name to have. Modern pop country band. Okay. Uh, I like this song. I do not like their name. They should be the yeah. Antebellum Ladies, like the Dixie Chicks. Lady Antebellum. <laughs> it's just, what are, we, what are you doing here, guys? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a post-bellum. Yeah. Lady Postbellum. <laughs> Lady Post okay. Lady Post Malone Bellum. Yeah, I am <laughs> against Bellums. I, I don't. I'm cluing you in that I might not know what that means either. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe it's Lady Anti Vellum. They're, they're against the the animal skin paper replacement. Yes, that's okay. pretty good. They hate <clears throat> wedding invitations. Damn okay. it. <laughs> we can talk about this, but Diana. You, Surely you didn't talk about the Holocaust before this segment. Uh, so <laughs> Definitely did not talk about it. I've definitely been not not talking about it for all of 1945 so far. And I won't keep talking about it until late April 1945. I'm okay with this. Um, and uh, that's music, I guess. Um, <laughs> sorry. There is Love in You uh, is also out this week by Fortet. Uh Great name. Another one I'm really familiar with. Mm-hmm. Dream, Teen Dream by Beach House. A band I did purchase tickets for but didn't show up. Oh. Uh, Realism by The Magnetic Fields is also out this week. And The Upsides by The Wonder Years. 
as far back as I can remember, I wanted to be in a band with my dad. <laughs> uh, uh, Ironbound by Overkill uh, is out this week, as is A Romance is Boring by Los Campesinos. Oh, man. Yes. A lot of bands in here that I'm sure my ex-boyfriend, who is really into indie music, mm-hmm. loves. Yeah. Beach House. Mm. I Beach House. Los Campesinos. Yeah. I mean, I do love the Mad Magnetic Field, so. Yeah, me too. Well, only the Pete and Pete stuff. Man, I'm old school. Mm. Uh, and of, so old school. Of course, TikTok. So cool. <laughs> TikTok by Kesha is still numero uno. Can't beat that shit. And I only, just glancing at the news, I was trying. I don't remember Charlie Sheen being dropped from his Hanes uh, <laughs> average. Because it turns out Charlie Sheen's got a bit of a weird streak. Uh, some of it is <gasps> manifesting as domestic violence. No one could foresee this trans. This. We're gonna have to talk about that eventually. That, that oh, really? I, I actually mm-hmm. like forgot there was a there was two months that go by mm-hmm. about ten years ago where I didn't not think about Charlie Sheen for a whole day. It's true. And, yep. and yeah, and, and that's coming. I forgot that was such a thing. Yes, and 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 knowing what I know now, just tell him to stop taking Adderall. I just I remember <laughs> being very upset during that time because he was being so like, oh look at this guy, what a cool guy, and I'm like, guys, I think. He's sick. Yeah, I think, he's I think this man is having a breakdown, yeah. but yep. it was making me very uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to think back on different times. And if I just walked up to you in 2010 and said, oh, God, what did he do now? <laughs> Who do you think I'm talking about? Yeah. Wow. 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 When we were paying that much of attention Probably to a celebrity's Charlie poor behavior. Now, mm. I know exactly who anyone is talking about. Yeah. Uh, so also That's out this week right. are movies. It's Wilder Valorant. <laughs> <laughs> that rascal. Aww, he hasn't done anything yet. Um, don't don't confuse him with the other guy. Who's the other guy? The Scientology oh, Danny rapist. Masterson. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Ashton Kutcher. Uh, <laughs> and Avatar is still number one at the box office, and all is right with that '70s show. Uh, and <laughs> and also yeah. out this week, movie wise. A movie uh, I have not seen, but I'm going to assume it's a sequel to Waterworld called The Dry Land, starring, <laughs> starring uh, America Ferrara, Wil- Wilmer Valderrama. What a forecast. Uh, Melissa Leo, Jason Ritter, Evan Jones, and Sasha Spielberg. No relation? There's got to no be. Okay. Relation. No, comma, relation. No. <laughs> <laughs> you Lionel Hutz me. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, The Dry Land is a movie that uh, barely got released, and it made something like $11,000. Oh, <laughs> shit. But... Uh, it's about a, a guy coming back from Iraq to his town in Texas and trying to adapt. And it actually got some okay reviews. Hmm. Hmm. And that's not American Sniper. Now. Not a big fake baby in it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I think we just lost one of uh, one of those our local ones. Yeah. It's a big story of the paper. Anyway. Uh, fake babies? So, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> fake babies. <laughs> I thought you meant for a second. Has anybody seen my fake baby? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the dingo ate your baby. Your fake baby. Your fake baby. St. <laughs> John of Las Vegas is another movie that is out this week starring Sarah Silverman, uh, Romney Malco, and Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Yeah? I'm so disappointed. So disappointed Why? because I like the idea and it's got a great cast full of people I like. The idea is Steve Buscemi is a former gambling addict who becomes an, like an insurance investigator and then he has to go back to Las Vegas to look into stuff and oh, the temptation and oh, wacky road trip. And okay, but he's like lusting after Sarah Silverman. Mm. Mm-hmm. And honey, no. I know that age difference. Oh, it's I guess there's an age I didn't difference. think about the age difference. Sarah, hmm. they've always, they've I always... love both you guys. I want you to be happy, but please don't. They've both no. always been older than me. I just assumed yeah. it was okay. Yeah. 
No, please uh, don't. And the reviews were savage. Even really? people like alt comedy people who might like this were like, "This is a shaggy dog story that is annoying, goes nowhere." I'm so disappointed. I'm like, "Oh, what's that bummer?" Um, bummer. Speaking of national disappointments, Mel mm. Gibson. And- yeah. <laughs> Uh, with no offense to Ray Winstone, uh, Danny Houston, and uh, Katrina Scorsoni. Yeah. Yeah. yeah on, She's on Grey's Anatomy now. Oh, now? They're still adding people to that cast? They should be wrapping it up. Dude. <laughs> that Grey's that, Anatomy, I would love to do a whole podcast about Shondaland because it is mm. some sort of deal with the devil. How <laughs> is this? Oh, it's a real empire. It's kind of amazing. Anyways, go on. <laughs> Well, Edge of Edge of Darkness. I I remember weirdly just watching these like a hawk, just like Mel Gibson's in a new movie. Are you sure mm. you want to do Jody this? Jodie Foster isn't directing him in this. No, yeah, his friend Jodie Foster isn't trying to redeem him. Yeah, and you're just like, what's the subject matter? He can only. I don't. I don't want to see him at all. But there's certain types he can no longer play. I can't yeah. root for the bad guy payback style for Mel Gibson anymore. I keep envisioning yeah. an end that's of day situation yeah. here, and that's why I utterly ignored this. Mr. Craven, you have things to talk about. Like your name and what you're doing here. Like who shot your daughter. Can't have you on this investigation. Trying to stop me. You are out of your jurisdiction. It's never what it is. It is what it can be made to look like. What are they offering you? I got kids. I don't. Welcome to hell. Edge of Darkness, rated R. This just needs to be called Accents, the movie. <laughs> Everybody's doing a thing here. No, I'm just not in the mood to see Mel Gibson as a vigilante. No. And for those of you, if you're trying to figure out the timeline, this is after the drunk driving, sugar tits, Jules, Jews ruin everything arrest. Yeah. But we're a couple months before the fo- recorded phone call got leaked. Okay. Oh, okay. my God. You owe me a jacuzzi blowjob, lady. I don't yeah. know why my Mel Gibson sounds like Flip I you are blanked by a pack of blanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, oh god yeah every time yeah. i'm reminded uh, of that it bums me the fuck out about, why did i forget about that part oh yeah. my word yeah so, so Hudson's already a, a, not a beloved figure and it's about to get a lot worse after this so obviously um, i didn't see this but i can it does make me recall one of my favorite and very very san francisco moments in a mm-hmm. movie theater and yeah, it was it was neat because uh, we had uh, back then San Francisco still had a little bit of art and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> spirit left yeah. in it, uh, mm-hmm. and the tech bros hadn't, hadn't douched all over everything. And yeah. they would, they would you could always see like the latest documentary at one of these independent theaters. And I go and see a, uh, the documentary Who Killed the Electric Car, this mm-hmm. Honda car that worked. And there were still some of them left all over the city at this point. Uh, hybrids were only kind of coming back, and there wasn't any kind of electric car of any kind. And like, why did this? come out so fast and then die horribly. And for some reason in the documentary, Mel Gibson is presented as the first, uh, like the earliest, most famous adopter and supporter of the electric car. And he appears in the documentary. Before Ed Begley Jr.? Yeah, well, that can't be, but just just more famous. And a hush went over this (laughs) polite documentary crowd. And then one guy in the back just goes, Fuck Mel Gibson <laughs> in the middle of a documentary about electric cars. <laughs> Someone had a few too many white wine spritzers at the documentary screening. <laughs> like, easy, the directors are here. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, one of my favorite San Francisco memories back when it had sold. Uh, but, yeah. You know, we traded that for a bunch of little scooters you can rent. Yeah. That's cool. Holy shit, are those littered all over campus areas here? That's. Yeah. I feel like an old person, like, is this. 
disgusting and dumb? I can't tell. Like, hard to say. It's hard to say. It's hard to I'm, say. I'm tooling around in my fucking 13-year-old hybrid, so yeah. I, who am I to judge? Um, mm. See, I'm trying to just amass enough scooters that I can build a little enclosure for a homeless person with them. That's good. That's... And then I will paint a picture of that and win all of the art awards. That's there a, you go. That'd be awesome. You, fa- <laughs> you made me laugh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Phil, never mind. But I, I never saw this, and I never heard of when in Rome. Well, it's not for you. No? <laughs> it's not for you. But it's got Napoleon Dynamite in it. Mm. It's uh, it's for you if your girlfriend makes you go watch it. Is This this is this is predating the Gary Marshall movie days. Yeah. Uh, but a, a big star-studded cast, numerous couples. Yeah. Uh, and the cast looks wonderful. Angelica Houston, Danny DeVito. I'd show up at that wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Moynihan <laughs> and Kate Micucci. Uh, love them those, too. love them too. Dax Shepard, John Hedder, fine. Uh, Will Arnett's Alexis Dezenia, uh, Josh Dumel, and Kristen Bell in Win in Rome. What were you doing in the Fontana de Mori during my wedding? Picking up coins. Beth, we got a problem. If you take someone's coin from the fountain, they will fall in love with you. That is ridiculous. Have any men come on to you since the wedding? Beth, Beth. Beth. I've seen that look before. You're intimidated because I'm a model. Whoa. Yes. You're welcome. Oh, where are you going? Hey, can someone call the vet? Because these puppies are sick. Ooh, a ribbed Dax Shepard. Now I'm the yeah. one who wants to say, go away, Baton. <laughs> oh, I love Dax Shepard for that. It'll, it'll always, oh, always be the top of my list for go away, Baton. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it. Did anybody ever see I this? know I saw it. I just have absolutely no <laughs> recollection of it, as if I was men in black. <laughs> like I'm, I feel like I because I I know I saw it. Mm-hmm. I was it, deep in my Kristen Bell mm-hmm. love, and still am to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and R.I.P. Good Place, oh, girl. <laughs> I know. Oh, I hurry you. What it's six seasons in a movie. Yeah, I love that show. Me I too. I have not seen the new. But it went out on top. Went it out really on top. did. And I was a huge fan of Veronica Mars too, and forgetting mm-hmm. Sarah Marshall. So yeah, love Kristen Bell. So mm-hmm. I definitely saw this. But guess what? Don't Probably wasn't shit. very good because I don't remember anything about it. So she steals a coin from a fountain, and all this, there's a bunch of men who might fall in love with her as this curse. Yes, so I right. imagine and he grabs a bunch of coins from this fountain in Rome, and that causes Will Arnett, John Hader, Dax Shepard, and Danny DeVito all to chase her around because they're super desperately in love with her. Oh. And I think Josh Dumel, who she already met, mm. and now she's like, "Oh no, he only loves me because of this curse." But I actually really like right. him. Right, I'm it's ready all to settle back. for him now. Protect me from Danny DeVito. <laughs> God, I wish Danny DeVito was in love with me. I, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, would be I could make him happy. Thank you. Yes, I could. i just rub his little tummy as he lied in my lap. Aww. <laughs> He's so tiny. Now uh, I gotta say go away, Peyton. I'm just imagining a cat-sized Danny DeVito. Oh, that feels so good. Ah, oh, kicking my little legs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and moving into television of 2010, uh, January 24th to the 30th, Better Off Ted has its finale, a show I thought a I liked. great show. Okay. It's really good. Y'all need to go back and check it out if you um, haven't. Dollhouse is uh, merciful. <laughs> I love reading about this, just that, like, does Fox really want to cancel another Joss Whedon show? This has caused us hell. Because mm. <laughs> Firefly fans I can speak for are fucking annoying. Mm. Yeah, we the brown coats. We'll annoy oh, the yeah, shit yeah. of you on the internet if you haven't seen our shitter, let alone if you cancel it. Yeah. But uh, it's Dollhouse is just not very popular. It's had its budget slashed in its uh, second season. I mm-hmm. think maybe its episode order was a little, went a little bugaboo and it, it, it closed yeah. its doors. But it got some kind of finale. I was too bored to stay on board with it and I don't know. 
the, the, it's like the last Joss Whedon headed show we had before he moved on to making Marvel movies and then quiet. Where's Joss Whedon now? Ooh, uh, you want to do a podcast movie, about it? Sort of <laughs> finding Joss Whedon. Finding like, Joss. Probably a reply to me on Twitter. Uh, and then on the 30th, oh boy. Is this John Hamm's first hosting stint? No, no? Okay. because his first wow. hosting stint has my favorite sketch. The saxophone? No. No. <laughs> John Hamm's oh. John Hamm. <laughs> oh, the best stupid sketch ever. The uh-huh. best stupid sketch ever. He's so good at it because he looks like you know he's not actually embarrassed, but yes. he's really good at looking like he's hiding embarrassment. Yeah. That he John Hamm's John Hamm, the pork product you eat in the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> With with the mustard soap dispenser, <laughs> it's. I think about John Ham's John Ham quite a bit. I have to admit. I haven't seen it. I, I need girl. To oh you've got to see it. But second, mm-hmm. I like the so the second sketch that I love that's very dumb that John Ham is involved with mm-hmm. is musical guest was Michael Bublé, mm-hmm. and so they they came up with another business pun based business oh, idea. Sweet. <laughs> Excuse me, that sound means another delicious ham is ready. I was at a party, John Ham came up to me, I could tell right away he was pretty drunk. He pushed me in the corner, asked me, do you like money? Because I have an idea that will make a fortune. I thought he was joking, so I started to laugh. His eyes went black and he slapped my face. Delicious ham, refreshing champagne. Oh, what a wonderful restaurant. He's holding me captive. He took my cell phone. I haven't seen sunlight, oh, for days. So please call the police before it's too late. I have a feeling he's standing right behind me. <laughs> Idiots. Mm, he's so good. Uh, is this ham and, ham and bubbly? Ham and bubbly. <laughs> the restaurant, ham and bubbly. Oh, my God. I just love that he cornered me at a party. I could tell he was already pretty drunk. Hey, do you like money? Another <laughs> <laughs> Dak Shepard line. Uh, oh, goodness. I just love John Hamm so much. Uh, yep. He's truly the best. Man, and again, it, not to to plug the Patreon too much, I'm excited to talk about these this era in games the most mm. on the mm-hmm. Patreon in depth because there's a smattering of like underdog and like what the fuck is this too too high concept for right now how did this get really an american release uh and one of the best games of all time this week we see the release exclusively for the wii of tatsunoko versus capcom a versus game that teams up with most largely unrecognizable characters but hugely recognizable characters in japan it somehow makes it over here onto the wii I know I rec- rescued a couple of arcade sticks from the pile. Let me know if you have if you like parting with money. Maybe I'll sell you one because I had to save it from being field destroyed because this was mm. not a deal that lasted very long. But uh, <laughs> legendary anime characters versus the cast of Capcom characters on the worst possible platform, but a pretty game that's been kind of forgotten. Mag is also out exclusively for PS3. Mag, get this pitch, guys. Hundreds of people playing an online shooter together. It wasn't to be, even though nowadays, if you think of Fortnite, that is sort yeah. of what it is. But Sony had, this, I think it was 250 people. And the thing they forgot about is what if 250 people don't show up to your 250 people designed <laughs> multiplayer game? Impossible. 
And I've never seen it. I think uh, Diana's husband, uh, Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Raparez, is the only person who's had any significant time with it. And it didn't. It failed to catch fire, but it. The idea was there, and mm-hmm. it didn't really come to fruition until almost ten years later. No More Heroes Two gets the sequel that it deserves. Again, we can talk more about this later, but we can't talk as much as I'd like to about Mass Effect Two. Oh, uh, multi-platform sequel to the PC and Xbox Microsoft published exclusive after EA had bought Bioware, one of the best games of this generation. I remember it was weird because it was one of the first games where like actions you took in the first game, if you're playing on that console, it reads your hard drive and it can certain choices. You, wow. you might not carry the same characters into the next game or huh. your relationship with other characters into the next game. So it, since it was the first time on PS3, it had like a quiz <laughs> just because <laughs> you couldn't have played the first one on the PS3 uh, to, to make those choices before you started. It was very strange. It has one of the best endings like I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, Mass Effect 2, I think when we think about how great Bioware can be, we think of Mass Effect 2. It was absolutely excellent. Uh, flawless, some would say. And we will talk about that more. Patreon.com slash laser time. Five bucks. Price of a cup of coffee. And speaking, I'll just get that plug out of the way. Yeah, it's how we support ourselves. This week on Bonus Time, uh, the bonus show, we uh, give people every single week. Sarah joins us. As we, we talked about with Diana and Michael, the best television and best movies of 2019, we needed to talk about the worst things of yeah. 2019. The worst movies, the worst TV, the worst tech, and... My highlight, I highlight one of the worst things mm-hmm. I think <laughs> that I have that we had to endure that we had to endure that I don't want people to forget about. And you mm-hmm. can see what that is. Patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, last we also week, talk about pop culture resolutions. We do. Yes. Pop culture resolutions, including a saxophone. No love for John, John Ham saxophone sketch. Oh yeah. I think that was true. a recurring thing. That's very good. Uh, should have inspired you. <laughs> to, it was part of my inspiration. <laughs> to run through walls shirtless with your saxophone. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and also on bonus time, my buddy Jeremy stopped by. We talked about CES recently, as well as the, our initial thoughts on the Oscar nominations and, uh, our complicated thoughts on Joker. Mm. Um, uh, the Joker movie, um, which shouldn't be nominated, but is not no. as terrible as Twitter would have you believe. But uh, Diana, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on the Twitter at listenernerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, mm. or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast. Mm. And with, yeah. with that, out of the way, patreon.com slash time, five bucks, thank you. Uh, <laughs> the deaths, <laughs> people who died during the period of uh, recovery of the show. Let's talk deaths and births. Uh, in 1990, we lost film star Ava Gardner, who's only 67. Wow. Really? That seems way too young. Uh, yeah, yeah, she didn't Ava even Gardner make it to nice. Sorry. Was, uh, <laughs> Ava Gardner was uh, a talented woman who was also incredibly gorgeous. And my God, I just she she destroyed Frank Sinatra. Okay, yes. that's how strong a woman she was. She had him wrapped around her fucking finger. Mm-hmm. That's right. Bitches. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, in 2010, then we lost two old guys. We lost Howard Zinn, uh, mm. the historian and thinker, philosopher. Yeah, I guess you want to call it, who wrote uh, *People's Public. History of the United States*, which every far left person I know has read. Yep. Public uh, intellectual. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, really interesting book. Even if you don't agree with them, it's still interesting. And then we lost Mr. J.D. Salinger, who was 91. Right around this time, I saw a lot of people reading nine stories all of a sudden. And it's mm-hmm. like, yep, J.D. Salinger died when. Decided to go back and read the three whole books he wrote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I could make three podcasts and retire. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, with the deaths out of the way, we got to get to the. 
Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo, a ding-dong, doodly-doodly-ding-dong-doo. Oh, Birthday quiz. Birthday. This All is where right. Diana quizzes Sarah and I on uh, mm-hmm. who was born yes. during this period of the show. And I almost always defeat Sarah. False. Just kidding. It's, Very it's, false. The tables have turned on me and Sarah's winning a lot more now. It's true. Because she's cheating. Yeah. No, I don't think she's cheating. Also, I listened back to last week and I apologize, Sarah. You said Fellini way before he did. No. Grazie. You believe me? God, I hope Grazie. that's no. <laughs> no, we went to the instant replay. Yeah, I was lying was right. on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it would work, though. Not even for a week. Good for me. <laughs> this one, let's. Uh, I'm interested to see how long this one takes us because I feel like almost all these movies are giveaways. But turning 50 this week, born January 29th, Molly 1970, no. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, found out her father was an FBI agent. I did not know that. Hmm. She dropped out of UCLA to pursue acting, and her parents forbade her from taking a role in Heather's because of all the profanity. Hmm. So, movie. So, it's not Jeannie Garth. I'm trying to think of the whole cast in 90210. Yeah. Could have been in there with Shannon Doherty. Tori Spelling. Yeah. No. Mm. Uh, also, she's been practicing transcendental meditation since 1991 after being introduced to it by David Lynch. Oh, uh, Lord, not Lord Dern. No. Um, wait a second. Wait a minute. What? No, don't guess it. Uh, it's my turn. I'm guessing it. It's my turn to say this person. Who is Naomi Watts? <gasps> no. Damn it. Good guess, though, but 91's too early for that. Yeah, mm. and she's also Australian. Yeah. yeah. David Lynch travels around <laughs> interrogating a monkey <laughs> right. on Netflix right now. <laughs> Would you like to hear the movies of hers we have talked about in order? Sure. sure. License to Drive and Twins. Uh, twins. Danny DeVito's not a 50-year-old woman, right? He's, Sorry. he's a 90-year-old. How about, uh, about Drugstore Cowboy and Swingers? Oh. Heather Graham. It is Heather Graham. Oh, wow. Sarah? She's 50? 50. She is 50 years old. Oh, and now, now everybody gets in. Molly Shannon jokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fine. fine. Uh, she was also in Two Girls and a Guy, Scream 2, Lost in Space, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Bowfinger, The Hangover, and of course, Boogie Nights. Of right. course, Boogie Nights. I first yep. noticed her in uh, Two Guys and a Girl, which was like, Downey Robert Downey Jr.'s like redemptive movie that showed like yeah. oh this fucker can like sing and dance and do comedy and stuff, Ooh. Uh, and but she had been around forever. I didn't know I didn't know that yeah. until like going back at, through old movies. She's had bit parts in movies for, for twenty years prior to me noticing her. It was so strange. Yeah. I like to think that she did Boogie Nights and was like, see parents, you wouldn't let me be in Heather's. Fine, you I'll think be you in hate Heather's? Nights? Yeah, I'll be in Boogie Nights, yeah. blowing people in roller skates. Yeah. Uh, oh goodness, love Heather Graham. And with that, we will close out the show. Tell a friend about it, maybe. We have fun talking to you. Maybe they'll have fun talking to you about the content of this show, huh? Uh, and anyway, patreon.com slash laser time is how you support this show and the whole laser time network. We are closing out with ladies, get ready. Woo! Untitled, parenthetical, how does it feel? Bye, D'Angelo. Is that how you say his name? D'Angelo. Yeah. Like, like you're coming. Okay. D'Angelo. <laughs> it is a... D'Angelo. D'Angelo. Oh, I'm biting my lip. Uh, <laughs> and, but we're going to close out with that. Uh, you tell us how does it feel. Let us know in the comments section. We always love having your feedback. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you guys next week. How does it feel?